Hello and welcome to Map Bites episode 33. I'm Mike Thomas and I'm here with my co-host Elaine Giles. And in this episode we have more iPhone woes, we discuss audiobooks and iTunes, and Elaine relives Tech Fail Thursday. But first, an update from our friends down under. Yep, great news from Jane, who set us a challenge last week as to how she could schedule the downloads of her podcasts to best take advantage of her ISP's download restrictions and our solutions worked for her. But we didn't leave it there. Um, I saw an application on Mac Update this week, uh, just updated for Snow Leopard compatibility, and realised that this would be yet another way to achieve the required result, which, if people remember, was to run a script at a set time. Yeah, Script Saver uh, provides an alternative way of running a script. It's a screensaver module which executes an Apple script of your choosing when the screensaver is activated and or deactivated. It's really easy to install. You download it, you unzip it and you drag scriptsaver.saver to the screensavers folder inside the library folder in your home folder. Hope you followed all that. Select Script Saver in the Desktop and Screensaver Preference pane and um, click the Configure button to display the Script Saver configuration sheet. Click the button labelled Choose in the Activation Script section of the configuration sheet and select an Apple script from the open dialog box that appears. Well, it all sounds simple and I started following the instructions to the letter, but uh, as soon as I selected uh, Desktop and Screensaver uh, Preference pane and I selected uh, Script Saver, I got a message that says you cannot use the Script Save Screensaver on this computer. Contact the developer for a newer version. Which I thought was really weird because this is supposed to be, as you said, updated for Snow Leopard. And according to the forum on the developer's site, I'm not the only one with that problem, but uh, he is working on it. You mean you broke it? Uh, yeah, you taught me all that I know in that department. But uh, for what it's worth, it is free and uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for where you can download it from. Now, talking of breakages, I may have dropped it, but uh, at least my iPhone still works. Yes, and sadly... Mine's got issues, which we mentioned last week, and um, had a go at Apple for failing to acknowledge these issues. Yeah, they must have read your mind. Um, if you saw the comments in the show notes, I added a comment within minutes of uh, last week's show hitting the feed. Yes, they must have heard I was after them, and uh, they are now investigating reports of poor battery life after the 3.1 update. But, and for me this is a major point, it fails to mention the crashing or coma mode that many are reporting. Um, my iPhone crashed three times within 90 minutes this week and uh, it happens when it's not doing anything. So there's nothing specific that I'm doing. Obviously, as I've said before, if I was, then I would stop doing it. So um, I applied a little logic and I decided to try turning the push notifications off to see if it cured it. So no growls for you, no growls on the prowls. I know, no growls on the prowl. But the battery life improved out of all proportion. Um, it was still on 100% after 12 hours use. Normally after 12 hours use, it's on its knees in the cradle recovering. Um, it also meant the phone didn't crash for two whole days. So I was just coming around to thinking that my problem must have been one of the push-enabled apps when, yes, you guessed it, it crashed again. So back to the drawing board as to what's actually causing it. Uh, touch wood, I haven't experienced any of your issues. 
Well, my next step's going to be to compare the applications that I've got on mine with what you've got on yours and start removing the ones that only I have until the crashing stops. So I could be left with weather and stocks and that's it at this rate. Mm, maybe the problem is that uh, yours is just suffering from overuse because, as, as we all know, it never leaves your hands, does it? True, but please note I haven't dropped mine, unlike you. Uh, maybe you should uh, try that. It might not have some sense into it. Do you know, I might just do that. And another case of Apple mind reading, uh, or do you think Steve listens to MacBytes? Oh, I think he should. He'd learn a lot. Yeah, last week's Elaine Rant. Oh, uh, which one? Yeah, there were so many, weren't there? Uh, the one I'm thinking of was the uh, new way to activate the mini player in iTunes using the uh, option and green plus button. Uh, well, good news on that front. Indeed, they came round to my way of thinking. <laughs> they always do in the end. They really should consult me first and save the negative reviews of their first attempts at guessing what we want because it's never really what we want. Uh, and the other thing they fixed was the incorrect order of tracks on multi-CD albums. So I'm happy. Yeah, but you have still got some gripes with iTunes, haven't you? Sadly, I do. Um, I'm a big audiobook listener. And while I do usually get these from Audible, some are more cost-effectively acquired from iTunes. So I was browsing for books in iTunes and I noticed that there was no way I could add an audiobook to the wish list from the home page of the book. So when I'm on an individual book's page um, and I looked and looked, there is no way to add it to the wish list. So the only way I could find to do it was to create a search for a book that I'm already looking at uh, and when it returns the search results next to the book, and by this stage it's a tiny icon, there is a drop down. And on that drop down, one of the options is to add it to your wish list. But I think not having that option from the home page of the book itself is just crazy. It is crazy, yeah. Um, I actually cancel my Audible account this month. I find the prices are cheaper on iTunes. Uh, the deal that I had was uh, £15 a month. This was with Audible for two credits, which was OK if the book was, say, uh, £10 or one credit because I'd be getting my money's worth. But many of the books that I were looking at were four or £5, so I can get three or four books for the same money. And I'm not committed to buying uh, two each month, though you can carry over your unused credits. Well, I do. Um, I am with Audible and I do usually get value for money from my Audible subscription. Um, some of the ones on my wish list are £70 or one credit. So um, I've got the same two credits for £15 that you had. So if I use those credits for two at 70 um, I'm definitely winning on the deal. You are, but £70? Was that war and peace? Warm? It was the unabridged version of the Iliad and the Odyssey by Homer. I take it you don't mean Homer Simpson? Oh, you literary heathen. Another couple of gripes that I had with Audible were uh, it was painfully slow, both downloading and searching. And uh, also I couldn't find a way to, to save the fact in my, there didn't seem to be any preferences there. I wanted it to show me 30 books per page when I was searching. There was a, an option where you could say, I think it was 5, 10, 20, 30 books. Um, and I didn't want to keep scrolling through blocks of 10. I wanted the maximum number that it, that it allowed, which was 30. And it just wouldn't let me save that that particular preference. Yep, got to agree with both of those. Um, the results page, yes, you have to set it every time. So that's mildly annoying. But the pathetic download speeds are becoming a major issue. Um, 
I've got to plan days in hand what I want to listen to just to give it time to download. I downloaded one today, it was 112 meg and it took over 75 minutes because it was downloading at 30k. Now when I download other stuff like software, it downloads over 1000k. So that is just ridiculously slow. Some of the stuff um, that I'm downloading it goes up to because they've just introduced a higher quality audio as well. So obviously the file sizes are much greater. And uh, some of those were telling me they were going to take four hours, which um, is ridiculous. So they're going to have to do something about that, I think. Yeah, I've always found it slow. Um, I'm, I'm just assuming it's their servers, but uh, there you go. You were also having a problem on the iPhone with Audible Books, weren't you? Well, on the iPhone, within the audiobook section, there is a dedicated section that says Audible. Um, and it, in it, it's got Audible downloads. And I don't want that. Um, an audiobook's an audiobook, and it certainly is in iTunes. There's no indication in iTunes that this section of books has come from Audible and this lot are from somewhere else. And um, I don't want them segmented like that, um, according to where they come from, on the phone either. Um, you don't organise your kitchen cupboards by supermarkets that you purchase the stuff at, do you? So why on earth I would want that in iTunes, I have no idea. Mm, great analogy, by the way. Um, supermarkets seem to figure in quite a few analogies uh, lately. Not not just with you, with other people that I work with, but uh, I won't go into that. No, I don't think you should. All I'll say is every little helps. Not again. Mm. Don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the same issue as well, uh, but I decided to put my books in playlists, so that doesn't cause me a problem anyway. I just look at my playlist rather than going into that... Uh, there's that book section that you're talking Well, I about. do that with my playlists too, but like you find with You Want to Sync by Album, I, I just want to be able to go to my books and see an, an alphabetical list of books. So um, although I, I don't venture in there that often, if I'm looking for a book and I haven't got it in a playlist, but I've synchronised all the books that I've got, then it would be in there and that's the only place it would be. Yeah, the other nice thing about that Audible section is that you do see the uh, the covers, the artwork which you don't. Well, I certainly don't on my normal playlists. No, I don't. So you do you do get the full experience in there. But then they shouldn't be segmented. If they're not segmented in iTunes, I don't expect to see them segmented on the phone. Yeah, it's, it's always been like that and it's not being solved. So uh, maybe we should start something. Another campaign. Another campaign. Another, yes. just mention it slightly that Elaine isn't humoured with it yes. and it might change by next week. Mm, Steve, yeah. are you listening? Yeah, that'll do for me. Mm. Have it sorted by Monday night. Anyway, you had another issue, didn't you, with iTunes? Oh, yes. I found a link on the net and it took me to um, a, a dedicated iTunes page, which was titled Audiobook of the Month. And as the name implies, they appear to have a specially low-priced audiobook listed every month. Mm, that sounds good. It's great. But I couldn't for the life of me get back to it via iTunes. Uh, not in the navigation, not by searching for it. So I need the listeners to help with that. Where is it, guys? I just could not find it. No, I looked for it either and I couldn't see it. Um, I even tried searching the iTunes help. I've, I've done a, uh, some Google searches and uh, all I could find under iTunes Audiobook of the Month was actually this site that you're talking about. Yeah, it's a site that, um, I mean, you said there was more than books on it, but I, I drilled down a level and I'd got to... Um, 
the audiobook section and it, it had links to all over the place that had uh, various audiobooks available there were special offers and things and obviously every month they must post the link to this audiobook of the month but it isn't like the app store the book section of itunes isn't other people selling books via itunes you know it, it's um, apple's playground so that book must be available and it must be in the store but i can't find out how you get there Times like these, I'd love to be able to bookmark pages in iTunes or, you know, have favourite locations. I guess you could do it the long way by copying and pasting the location out of iTunes into a Safari bookmark. But I just know I wouldn't be bothered to use them in that way. So um, I'd, I would just like to be able to do it within iTunes, just mark places um, as being favourites so I can revisit them. And um, another humorous mistake I noticed when I purchased and downloaded a Henrik Ibsen play was uh, when I got it into iTunes, the genre was set to kids and young adults. Uh, not a genre I would have associated with anything Ibsen wrote personally. You know, you're getting a bit serious with your literature, aren't you? I'm a woman of hidden depths. You are indeed, and showing the listeners a completely different side of you today. Yes, but then at least I'm fully clothed and not in a thong. I'm saying nothing. Good. <laughs> I'm still waiting for iTunes to let me sync a single album. Um, I had to actually create several manual playlists this afternoon so that I could put some albums onto my phone. Well, keeps you occupied, I suppose. Mm, it does. Moving on, uh, totally different. Thursday was not a good day at MacBytes headquarters, was it? No, it wasn't. As anybody following me on Twitter will confirm, I was thwarted at every turn. I vented my spleen on Twitter and um, I got people coming back to me and soothing me and, and others laughing at me, as mm. you do. So where did it all go wrong? Well, it actually started on Wednesday uh, when I had to use Adobe Fireworks. Now, let it be known, I love fireworks. It's great for web work, but... I've never found Fireworks CS4 to be really stable on any machine that I've installed it on. Yeah, it used to crash regularly on the old uh, iMac, but uh, as with most things, we thought that uh, that was just the machine. Yeah, pretty much everything crashed on there um, when it was bad. But Fireworks did the same on the MacBook Pro, the Mini and my current setup as well. Mm, sounds serious to me. Well, it is when you're working to a deadline and usually it crashes when you close it. So as long as you're working in it, um, fingers crossed, it's not too bad. But um, I was trying to run a script in Fireworks by selecting some images from Adobe Bridge. And that just sent it into a crashing frenzy. Uh, it was so bad that I gave up in the end and I resorted to actually writing a script from scratch for Photoshop to do the same job. Yeah, which is fine for you because you've got the programming skills, but uh, it's not an option for everyone. You can't just say, oh, you know, fireworks is broken. Uh, I'll write a script instead. Exactly. And I can assure you, my crash reports have gone from polite and understanding, as, as ever I am, to um, somewhat, shall we say, sarcastic. Mm, and we know your level of sarcasm, don't we? Indeed. Uh, but that wasn't the end of my Adobe woes. Oh, no. Because I was in fireworks, the Adobe updater started bleating on about an update being available. I'd, I was sure I'd done them all, but no. It was telling me that Acrobat needed to do something. So um, I started the download. I tried to carry on working. But then, of course, it wanted Safari quitting and, and, and half a dozen other applications, all of which, of course, I was working in at the time. 
Yeah, that really gets me, you know, when you, you've got to shut down Safari to, to update Adobe, because like you say, you're invariably actually working in, um, in Safari. You might even be actually looking at a, an Adobe website um, uh, forum or something like that. Probably a help file, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> or a knowledge base telling you uh, what exactly you need to update. Anyway, there I am installing an update and um, it told me there was a problem with a component and the component needed repairing, which I thought was odd because it's a clean install of the operating system. It's a clean install of CS4. But who am I to argue? I take it that's a rhetorical question. True. So once it had finished, I noticed that the um, Acrobat printer driver had completely vanished. Now, previously in my printer's dialog, there were three printers listed. There was uh, my two physical printers and there was the Adobe Acrobat printer. Now, I know it had mentioned Acrobat when it was bleating on about a component uh, needing repairing, but I didn't think repairing it would remove the thing. Um, so I looked on uh, for information actually during the install. There was nothing. After the install, it didn't give me a dialog box or any information. So I googled and found that others had got exactly the same issue. And luckily I found a couple of pages that outlined what was going on. And the rationale was the way it used to work, which was it installed a virtual printer. Um, and that virtual printer used distiller. Uh, the rationale was it was very slow. So now you it the, the Printer is still there, it's still available for you, but you access it in a totally different way. You now get up the print dialog box with Command and P, and in the lower left corner, you will see a PDF option, and you have to select Save as Adobe PDF. Now that is only a very slight difference from the main um, selection that I always use in there, which is Save as PDF. So there's just a very slight difference yeah, I couldn't even see the option when I was uh, looking first. Well, as bad as that was, it gets worse. I set about testing it just to make sure it was okay after this update, in inverted commas, that um, promised to repair my installation. And um, after processing for an absolute age, it crashed. And yes, I could repeat the crash. So I've never actually managed to get this updated, new, improved, whiz-bang, faster version to print anything. Yeah, mine crashed too when I tested it, so uh, I'm with you on that one. So a really great update there, Adobe. It might have been slow before, but now it doesn't work at all. Yeah, you can still uh, use the built-in print PDF, but I think from what you said, the Adobe PDF is better than the Apple PDF. Well, it's not a case of better per se, it's horses for courses. The Adobe version um, is supposed to, when it's working, utilise Adobe Distiller, so you should have more features available, theoretically. Obviously, if it crashes all the time, then you'd be better off with fewer potential features and a PDF at the end of the process instead of a headache. So um, anyway, I'll add links to a couple of pages that have a full explanation of the upgrade, or degeneration as I prefer to call it, and I'll make sure that they're in the show notes. Another thing that I noticed under Snow Leopard is as soon as you open a print dialog box, uh, in my case, intending to create a PDF, the physical printer begins to warm up. Yeah, I could hear the printer warming up several times and uh, wondered what you were printing, especially as we're trying to go paperless. Anyway, when I printed a PDF or printed to a PDF, the printer also warmed up for me too. And uh, it's starting to get on my nerves now. 
Well, I certainly didn't do that under Leopard nor Tiger. And um, a potential workaround has, per Adobe, been rendered unworkable. And that would have been, what I would have done was set the default printer to be Adobe Acrobat, which was a virtual printer. But uh, as we've discussed, they've just removed it. And uh, it is more annoying than you'd think, because the number of times that you just want to preview it um, and the printer in question uh, doesn't have, I remember years and years ago, those Hewlett-Packard printers with the purple button on, they didn't have an on-off switch. Uh, very radical in their day. Um, but the power management is managed by the computer. So, of course, it, it tries to power up the printer as soon as you it thinks you're about to print to it. But, you know, I'm not going to print to it. So um, I'm going to have to come up with something for that because it is driving me mad as well. But my day didn't end there. Oh, no. I decided to leave all the Adobe stuff alone and return to the figurative Apple bosom with Keynote. Ah, oh, familiar territory. So what went wrong there then? You might well ask. I'd been in Keynote all of 30 seconds when it displayed a dialogue box I'd never seen before, informing me that it had encountered an unexpected error and request I quit and restart. Um, but before I could restart, it fired up another one of these Send Apple a Crash Report dialogue boxes. If only I were being paid by the number of crash reports that I posted. And was that the end of it? Oh, no. Uh, while I was waiting for Keynote to restart, um, Safari crashed on me. Mm, sounds like a typical day for a Windows user to me. Yes, but I thought I'd left those days behind me. And undeterred, I decided to sort B RISP out. Um, shoddy service for almost three weeks and shocking, shocking customer support. Well, good job that I was out because contacting B is never a good experience for us, is it? No, and this time was no better. I spent about 20 minutes typing up a eulogy, cataloguing their copious failings on this particular occasion, checked it, removed the offensive language, and pressed submit. And it crashed. Not exactly crashed. Oh no, that would be too easy. No, it deleted all the text I'd just carefully written and told me that it could not post that at this time. But of course you copied and pasted the text into a text editor, right? You thought you were going to get me then, didn't you? Of course I had. But my five subsequent attempts to get the same thing posted were greeted with the same message. So I can't actually reply to my own tickets, which is one way of reducing support calls, I'd imagine. Mm, so what next? Well, the phone line's no good either. It's all crackling. So I'm thinking of printing it out and wrapping it around a brick. Seems like a good idea. Uh, did the builders leave any line around? I'm sure I can find one. B really do need to get their act together, though. I mean, we've had poor speeds, poor service, horrendous website. They had a makeover. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And um, if there was a decent alternative, I'd be moving. So they're on the last warning. Yeah, I was talking to someone yesterday uh, whilst out with the dog. This guy is planning on getting a Mac. And uh, so I gave him lots of advice. And then we got into other stuff. And uh, he's bemoaning his ISP as well, who shall remain nameless. At least it couldn't get any worse, could it? No, not until I decided to chase up an order from SendIt.com. And what had they done? Not sent it. You mean not send it? Either way, the <laughs> DVD that I'd ordered 10 days ago, uh, with shipping guaranteed within three days it was in stock, hadn't even been sent, nor had they informed me of the fact. So I decided to cancel the order, it was getting urgent, and uh, I was going to get it somewhere else. And that's where the trouble started. Oh, indeed it did. I attempted to log in, only to be told that my account had been suspended. You are. 
I know, you couldn't make this up, could you? And all this was in one day. So uh, I decided to call it a day and finish early. A uh, wise move. Though at least we had a laugh on uh, Twitter over me wearing MacBytes thongs and hot pants, I seem to remember. <laughs> I know, it was hysterical, but I've just got three words for the listeners to visualise this week. Are you ready, Minster? The MacBytes mankini. Uh, you'll scare them off with such talk. Um, yeah, I have my my own uh, software issues this week. Um, not as many as you, but uh, equally as humorous, I think. ScreenFlow. I was using ScreenFlow this week to record a presentation for work. I actually recorded it in my studio. Well, it's not my studio, but I found some meeting rooms down in the basement. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't totally qu qualify as a studio, does it? But carry it on. Mm, apart from the vibration. I'm not asking. Mm, apart from the vibration from the plant room along the corridor, it was actually pretty quiet. And I was uh, recording some narration for the presentation. So having finished the recording uh, on ScreenFlow, I tried to save it and it wouldn't let me. Message came up, just said unable to save. And I must have tried this half a dozen times. I did actually end up with a file on the desktop, uh, which is where I was saving it to, but it was zero bytes. So I had no option but to close it down and lost all what I'd done. Tried again at home, having uh, actually changed the, uh, the script anyway. I changed what I'd done. So the same thing happened. So I came careering up the stairs to you for some help. And I saved the day. Yeah, you did, actually. Uh, but I worried for a while uh, because all the work in the file that I, I had, it just wouldn't save. No, they wouldn't save. But in ScreenFlow, the individual media elements can be extracted out of ScreenFlow onto the desktop, for example. Obviously, just a temporary location. Um, then what we did in this circumstance before I would let you close the application was we sent the files over to me. I created a new file in my version of ScreenFlow, um, added your media to it and then saved the file and uh, saved the day. Yeah, you did. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that. Great team effort. Team MacBytes. Yeah, you broke it. I fixed it. Mm. 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 Nothing new there then? No. <laughs> anyway, I uh, did some Googling. Uh, others had the issue, uh, but there was no fix. Well, in true IT support fashion, we'd um, tried rebooting, so uh, I suggested an uninstall and reinstall. Yeah, I uninstalled ScreenFlow, and then I found that I had in my software folder, which is where I was going to reinstall it from, an old version. It was 1.5.1. .1. Yes, now I've been reminding you about that all week. You have got to keep your software up to date. It could have been a catastrophe. I guess 1.5.1 .1 isn't uh, Snowy compatible. Well, it was compatible enough to let you record uh, and edit and generally do everything but save your masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, what I did, I went off to the, um, the website and I down downloaded the latest version, which is 1.5.4. And everything now in the garden is rosy, as they say. Now, one gripe that I do have with ScreenFlow is that there's no way to create a new blank project without recording something first and then removing that recording from the media panel and then importing the um, media that you require for that particular project. So maybe I'll sort that in the up and coming new version. We shall see. Another problem for me this week, uh, running Windows in Fusion 
Now, I'm used to seeing blue screen of deaths and uh, other Windows um, issues, but this was, was a new one to me. The, uh, the Dr. Watson post-mortem debugger has encountered a problem and needs to close. Well, I'm sorry. Despite the volume of errors I've had this week, I think yours gets error of the week. Mm. Um, I consoled myself by drooling over the new uh, Wacom Bamboo multi-touch tablets. Yeah, they do look good, don't they? I was surprised um, that they got them to market before Apple. A lot of people have been predicting that Apple would release something similar. But of course, as of today, they haven't yet. Uh, it may, of course, be coming, but uh, they've been beaten to the punch, I think. Yeah, but when they do release it, I'm sure it'll be much better. It probably, and maybe sooner rather than later. Updates to the iMac and laptops in October, maybe? Mm, maybe. And uh, if you needed cheering up after your stressful day, uh, what about a Microsoft launch party? Oh dear, oh dear. I went and I watched that. Um, people were tweeting out the link and I was expecting something like um, their other stuff. But this one was worse because it was like, it was long. It was agonising watching it, thinking, is there going to be a punchline here? Oh, I thought it was horrendous. Uh, and I noticed uh, they must have posted it because uh, there was a little note underneath that said, adding comments has been disabled for this video. <laughs> Not surprised there then. But I did find an alternative video. So um, as well as linking to the original in the show notes. And if anybody manages more than 20 to 30 seconds, you're doing really well. Uh, but the alternative one is much shorter and very funny. So um, I shall put a link to that. Can't go into too many details, but there's lots of things bleeped out. So I found the alternative one very funny. Yeah, the original one's about seven and a half minutes long. I did actually watch it all. I know, in, so did I, because I kept thinking. the research for the show. No, I kept thinking it's got to improve or, or there's going to be something like um, it's going to change in the middle and it's going to be good once they get past a certain point and no, it was just agony all the way through it. They just don't have the class of Apple, do they? They, when it they comes just to, don't get it, no. Like you can't... Well, I mean, the whole point of the video is that they're, that they're trying to... Um, there's four people trying to explain about a Windows launch party and um, it's just indescribably bad, isn't it? It is... <laughs> It is. Anyway, we couldn't let the week go by without a quick mention for BusyCal. No, no news of the final release date yet, but we must be getting closer. We've had two betas released this week. Uh, BusyCal Beta 16 fixed my problem of last week, which was my upside down icon issue. And uh, that was fixed. Yeah, but uh, you had to break it again, didn't you? Uh, you discovered another issue this week when in list view. You enter some criteria and you print. The search criteria is actually ignored. We've actually made the guys at BusyCal aware of it and they're fixing it. In fact, not long before we recorded the show, Beta 17 came out. And, and that indeed did fix it. It did. So uh, thanks, guys, for that. Yep, you absolutely rock. The speed with which you fixed that was amazing. And we must give a last call out for our coupon code. Yep, if you purchase by the 30th of September and use the code MACBITES, you'll get 20% of the total of your bill. So uh, if you're thinking of buying, the last few days to buy and save some money doing it. Now, something that we've not done for a while is iPhone, iPhone, iPhone. iPhone, iPhone. iPhone. Yes, some new iPhone apps that are well worth a look at. Um, I was reading a piece in The Guardian this week and it was talking about... Um, 
when Apple claim that they have not rejected an application, um, what, it, what seems to be happening is that these applications are going into some sort of limbo where they're neither approved nor are they declined. So the poor developers are sitting there and the application's in limbo. And one of the applications that is said to have been in limbo for almost a year, unbelievably, was one called 0870. Um, but it turned out later in the post that they, after sitting there for that long, it had got approval. So uh, whether this was uh, public pressure being brought to bear, it got approval, but um, they were recommending that if you wanted it, you should go and get it because it could be pulled any time now. So uh, I certainly went to get it and I think you did as well, didn't you? Yeah, I went to get it, I downloaded it and I tested it out as well. Um, numbers that begin with 0870, uh, as most people probably know, are extortionately priced and, um, as far as I'm aware, aren't part of your monthly bundle. Either. No, they're not. So what this app does is a totally separate app from the normal phone icon that you have on your iPhone. So you have to actually dial the number through this app. But using this app, you dial the number and if it can find an alternative, it says it's found an alternative and asks you if you'd like to use it. And if you click yes, then it dials the alternative number. And as I say, I have tested it out. It does seem to work. It also works with 0845 numbers, which are the local rate calls. But again, they're not part of your 600 minutes bundle. So I have that tested that out. It does work. And the number, the alternative number that it finds is correct because I've also uh, checked the number out as well. I'm assuming it's powered by the um, same data that you will find on saynoto870.com. Yeah, I would think it is. I think that's how it works. Well, I know um, my hideous day in April when I was stuck with um, a broken down car, um, I used Saynota0870 to um, find a number for the RAC that wasn't going to leave me bankrupt. And um, it worked. I could dial the number from the web page in Safari, but it was a bit fiddly. So I think that's a great application and it's free as well, isn't it? It is. So a definite thumbs up to that one. I think that's definitely one to have available on your phone. All you've got to do then is remember to use it. But I think if you find yourself typing 0870, you'll remember because you know that they are exorbitantly priced. And another application that um, made quite a bit of a splash this week has been available for a while, but only on jailbroken iPhones. And uh, now it's available to the rest of us who aren't jailbroken. It's called Snapchat. And um, it's a camera application that uh, with the same camera you already have obviously it can't change the hardware it gives you a whole lot more features so for instance you can zoom in you can take multiple shots um, now the whole screen is also the take a photo button so there's no fiddling around with that small button in the middle I know when I'm trying to take a picture of the dog uh, and I've got the camera the phone at very strange angles um, sometimes it's very difficult to hit the button so having the whole screen as the button is also um, more of a more of a feature than you'd think I also noticed it didn't make the camera sound click so if you're trying to take photos when you shouldn't be that might help there's just you mean me in a thong? Yes, that kind of situation. <clears throat> um, you see, you put me right off now. I'm thinking of better options and I, and I can't think straight. I'm visualising now. Oh dear. Um, yes, they're just generally better options um, available for, for your camera. So um, I had a, a play with it. The first time I used it, um, 
the pictures weren't great. I don't know what I'd done wrong with them, but um, they'd cut heads off and all sorts of things, and I swear they were okay when I took them. But I've, t I've had another go with it, and uh, yes, I can confirm the pictures look great off it. So I don't know what, what went wrong the first time. Maybe uh, I, I need to read the manual. Oh, that, that is a horrifying thought. Uh, and at the moment, it's on an introductory price as well of £1.19, which is an absolute bargain. Uh, it's worth a lot more than that, I think. So um, another good one to get your hands on while it's at its introductory price. And another one that I've had for a couple of weeks, and it was one of those apps that I thought, I can't see that working very well. And um, it does. It's called Jotnot. I know, strange name, but bear with me. Uh, Jotnot also takes images, usually paper of some description, so maybe a receipt or a page of text when you're out. And what Jotnot will do is it will enhance the image and it allows you to square it up. So rather than having to hold the camera um, at just the right angle or get somebody else to hold up the piece of paper, um, it allows you to square it up after you've taken the image. Now, if you're trying to do that in Photoshop, and I don't have a problem doing that, but I think if I said to you, Mike, could you square that up in Photoshop, you'd be a while. Mm, I would. So um, this gives you a really simple way of doing it by dragging the corners of a blue box over the image so they match the document in the picture. So it's really simple. You just get a blue box in the middle of the screen and you just drag the four corners so they match up with the four corners of the document. Then you process it. Now, it takes a few seconds, but it's fast for what it's doing. You probably won't want to do it with a whole book, but for a few pages, it's fine. Then you save it. Now, for the real use of it for me is that it's got Evernote integration. So there is an option within the application to send it to Evernote. Now, you're probably thinking, so what? But think laterally. Evernote can OCR an image on the server. And these images that Jotnot creates are certainly good enough for that to happen. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't have bothered even trying the app if it didn't have Evernote integration. Now, I'm glad I did, though, because for one-offs, it's great. And the integration with Evernote is perfect. It works really, really well. Um, instead of saving it, you just say send it to Evernote and off it goes. Literally, straight away, as soon as it's finished, I closed the application down, went into Evernote, and it had already been passed up to the server, OCR'd and passed back down, and I could search it straight away. So it's one of those applications that's just well worth having in your iPhone app list because you never know when you're going to be glad that you had it. So again that is called Jotnot and at the moment it's £1.79. So I'm certainly glad that I got hold of that one. Have you tried that one yet? Uh, I haven't no. Uh, I've got it on the machine, I've got it on the phone, uh, but it's one of those that I'm going to suppose try. You definitely should. Mm. And um, another thing this week that uh, is probably worthy of a mention, uh, the Google Notebook extension. Um, Hugo on Twitter mentioned that he'd started using Google Notebook and we use Google Notebook extensively as well, didn't we? We actually had the show notes in it up to ooh, probably about episode 17, 18. Yeah, which was when, and they, it worked. when they said they weren't going to develop it anymore. Yeah, that was the problem. Um, it's it's still there. Um, I think it's still supported, but it's no longer in development. And that was the problem, the fact that it's no longer in development. So if you don't have an account to access Google Notebook, then you can no longer create an account to access it. But if you've already got an account, you can carry on accessing it and working with it. So obviously Hugo's got an account, um, but he was mentioning the Google Notebook extension, uh, which is a Firefox plugin. 
And I realised I'd not reinstalled it since Snow Leopard, but it's an extension for Firefox that makes using Google Notebook just a completely integrated experience. Now the problem with it is that's no longer in development either. And because of the status of Notebook, Notebook options have been removed from the Google toolbar and it's no longer available for download. So the whole extension is no longer available for download. So I went off hunting for it in my software archive and I found it. That's the good news. But disaster struck because it will not install in version 3.5 or higher. But never say die. I didn't give up. Um, went on Google, had a good look around, and I found a hack which lets you edit the version number so um, you can change it to a version number, to the supported version number of the version that you've got, which at the moment is 3.5.3. Now, horribly, this hack needs to be done in Windows. Now, I did try doing it on the Mac, but I just could not get inside the package on a Mac. No smutty comments about the package, thank you. Anyway, I made the changes and... It works. So I'm going to put details in the show notes and um, I'll put the downloads there as well. So um, I shall send it to Hugo, who requested that if I found it, could he have a copy? And uh, I'll send both versions. The, the original version will work with up to version three, I think. But you're going to need the hacked version to work with the very latest. But it does work because I've tried it. So um, thank you to Hugo for mentioning that, because if he hadn't, I wouldn't have um, remembered that I hadn't installed it, which meant by the time I came to do it, I might not have found the hack to get it to work. So thank you very much for that. And one last thing. You ought to have one last thing, haven't you? One more thing. Um, notebook. Anybody who uh, has followed my bites for a while will have heard me talk about Circus Pony's Notebook. Um, when I downloaded it originally, before I purchased, um, I downloaded the trial, had a look at it, and it was one of those things like, well, what do I do with it now? How best should I implement this? And what I found was I looked around the forum and there was um, a day book, which was a template put together by one of the users. And it showed the features of the software. And it was just so much better than the demo files um, or videos, tutorials, um, or even the files that were included with it. Um, the formatting was better, the information was better, and it was so extensive. Um, even with things that... It actually had uh, information in it about other software as well that was very useful. Now, it's put together by a gentleman called Peter T in Australia, and he makes this daybook available every year at no charge. But he does request that if you find it useful, you could make a charitable donation. Well, I've been on the forums at Circus Ponies, and he's working on a version for 2010, and he's asking for input. So, if you've got Notebook... Uh, why don't you mail him and ask for a copy of the 2009 version and have a look at it, first of all. And that is his distribution model. Um, he requests that you mail him and then he gives you a unique URL that's good for a couple of weeks and you can download um, download the version dedicated to you from that URL. So I'll put a link into um, a forum that gives you his email address. Um, and secondly send some feedback for the next version. Uh, the more people that send him feedback, the more things he's likely to add to it. So um, that's a really good thing that you can get free of charge. Uh, and even if you don't use Notebook, it's one of those good things that you could get and get a trial of Notebook and have a look at it. And you might find that it may solve a problem that you've got uh, with data lying around. You could get yourself all organised. So um, Circus Ponies Notebook, and it's called Daybook from Peter T in Oz. Great. And uh, on to feedback, talking about feedback, but uh, our feedback now, Lucy C, she feels the same as me. 
What about, you might be asking? Well, she wants to be able to sync uh, iTunes by album as well. And she said, uh, let's start a campaign. And I think that's a great idea. So another MacBytes campaign to go with another the one, one that we mentioned earlier. When you said she felt the same as you, I thought she meant about the thong. Mm. Maybe it's the hot pants. Let's not <laughs> no. go there. <laughs> anyway, last week I mentioned an ex-colleague, Matt, who has uh, recently started selling his app, Drinkster, through the App Store. And uh, by the way, there are no calories in a glass of water, I can tell you that. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I don't know if it was the shock of hearing his name on the podcast, but uh, through his Facebook page, I learned that he'd spilt a glass of Pepsi all over his MacBook. Oh, no. Yeah. I uh, hope it was Pepsi Max, Matt, because that contains no calories, according to your app, whereas the real Pepsi contains 67 calories in a 150 milliliter serving. See, I've been using your app for research purposes, of course. Um. Did you mention to him that I found that Apple keyboards washed very well? No, I didn't. But uh, if he's listening to this episode, then he'll know. Otherwise, I will add it to his uh, Facebook wall. Yes, I think you should tell him. But do mention that they didn't have a battery in it at the time. Mm. Well, apparently his MacBook, uh, the, the battery's built in. You can't get it out. <gasps> nasty, nasty. Mm. I know of somebody who had a similar accident with a very large, one of these American-sized cups of coffee. And um, it took the best part of a week to dry it out and the, and the best part of the next two weeks after that to actually get it fixed. And it cost about $600. Not good. So that's not great at all. Anyway, on to events. Our next event is this week and it's early this week. So um, hopefully you will get a chance to listen to the podcast. Um, it was originally scheduled for the 1st of October, but we couldn't wait and have brought it forward to the 29th of September, which is Tuesday night. It'll be Tuesday night, eight o'clock. It's an online event and uh, we have a guest speaker. We are Simon Bainbridge, who is going to be showing us Things, the task management application for both the iPhone and Mac. And as I said last week, he's got a great presentation plan. So come along, show your support. No excuse, even if you use something else, because uh, you can never know too much about uh, productivity applications. I find the more you know about them, the more you can procrastinate. So uh, come along anyway, even if you use something else, uh, because we're also going to have a chat afterwards. And you can never have too much of a chat either. So uh, as usual, to attend, go to magbuyers.co.uk slash live and log in just by entering your name in the box. The event starts at 2000 hours BST, but we will be there earlier uh, chatting away. So do come and join us. We will indeed. And we look forward to seeing you. Well, that's it for this episode of MacBytes. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. So send us your questions, your comments and your queries to macbytesuk at gmail.com. And if you want to send us an audio file, we'd uh, love to hear from you. We have a contact form on the website. So there's another way that you can get hold of us. And uh, if you want to know what we're up to, then you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash macbytes. You can follow me personally on Twitter at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. So until the next time, this has been Mike and Elaine bringing you MacBytes. So goodbye and see you next time. Bye. I was so tempted to say twitter.com slash hotpantsboy. <laughs>